I was in Africa a couple months ago, and what? God gave me this, this message. And I've been wanting to preach it so bad. And every time I get ready, God says, no, no, no. And why in the world would you give me a message for two months ago and not let me preach it? That's nuts. Well, I got released to preach it this week, but before I preach it, I want to talk to you about something different. I want to talk to you about football. Not the way you think I want to talk about football, but football stadiums. You know, the best teams in the NFL are the ones that have the loudest fans. You can go into Philadelphia. You can go into Philadelphia. You can go into Philadelphia and play, and you get in. And, and, the, and the other team, let's say the Dallas Cowboys, because uh, I hate the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, you know, my favorite football team is though, right? Whoever's playing the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Just the way that it works. But anyway, what happens is they'll get into the red zone, you know, close to the goal line, and the fans at Philadelphia will be so loud that Dak Prescott has to call timeout or they get a penalty because his offensive line can't hear what he's saying. They don't know when to hike the ball. The fans' participation makes a difference in the game. The church is supposed to be the same way, but it's not. In church... It's more of a lecture, and lectures are boring. Hated college. I'm not talking about the studying part. I love the rest of it. But, <laughs> but nothing's more boring than a group of people sitting like you are right now listening to somebody like me. It's just a lecture, right? And in, in, in theory... I know that we're going to get good stuff and people are going to get saved and people are going to get healed and all of that stuff. But how much more could we do if we participate? Participation in a service is praise. That's what it is. You want me to tell you what praise is? When, when, when somebody says something, you go, Amen. Glory to God. That's just as much praise. You stand up here singing the song. Actually, the name was Praise. And people had their name, their, 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 their arms and hands lifted high, and they were praising. You can do that just by participating in the service itself. Loud. Come on. I mean, people screaming at football games. And churches are sitting quiet and having nothing go on in their service and they're dying. This church will no longer be that way. If, if I'm preaching and nobody, nobody say that, I say, come on now. Y'all are going to be hearing that for the next few years. Come on now. Let's go. I mean, let me tell you what. Your praise is directly proportionate to the hell that God brought you out of. You ought to be participating. You've got to be in that. You've got to be in that thing. Get loud. Get active. 
Church is not a spectator sport. It's participation is required. Now I'll shut up about football and stadiums and all of that good stuff. I tell you, <laughs> Rob, uh, God bless him, you know, gone on to be with Jesus, but he called me up a few years, a few years ago before he died, and he said, my God, Paul, I got to tell you what happened to me. I said, what? He said, I had to go preach a conference in Miami. He said, it was a Hispanic conference. He said, I'm the only guy there. He said, I look kind of Hispanic because I'm Italian. He said, so I guess they just thought maybe, you know. But anyway, I he said, so I, so I went there. He said, and I didn't know anything. I didn't know anybody. He said, I knew what I was going to preach. That's all I knew. And he said, I was sitting in the green room. He said, it sounded like a riot going on outside in the congregation. He said, and when I walked out there, he said, it, it was all Hispanics, all Hispanic. And he said, they had posters. Preach it, Rob. <laughs> Glory to God, they had, they had posters all over that, that, that place. He said it was the easiest message I've ever preached. He said, I felt like I'd preached two minutes and I went for almost an hour. He said, because they were participating so much, they pulled everything God wanted them to hear out of me. Yes. Participation, that's praise. That's active church, not inactive dead church. Did I make my point? Can I move on? All right, because that's not the message. <laughs> the message is called God's uh, uh, your mess God's miracle I remember I remember years and God this has got, got to be close to 20 years ago I get a phone call and, and if y'all have been here long enough you've probably heard this story um, but you're going to hear it again so uh, I get a phone call on my back phone that's how long ago it was. Yeah. <laughs> it was about 20 years ago. And they said, Ginger's in the hospital. It was a school call. She collapsed in class. And so I said, where is she? She's in the hospital. She's unconscious. We don't know what's wrong, but we, need, we just wanted to tell you. I said, all right, I'll be there. So I drive to the hospital. And, and this doctor says... <laughs> He said, uh, your wife's not in good shape. I said, yes, yeah, she is. And I mean, I was just like that, I wasn't excited or scared or anything, you know. I mean, I hadn't been saved that long. I just thought, I, you know, God was Superman and he's going to do anything for Ginger. He's there, but that's probably his favorite person anyway, you know. And so, anyhow, <laughs> anyway, so I went down there and the doctor showed me an x-ray and he said, your wife's only got one kidney. And the other kidney is full of stones. We have to get her to Shreveport. And they have to do this. This I said, she's got two kidneys. He said, look. There's only one that's full of stones. I said, if you'll just leave me alone with my wife. She was unconscious. I said, if you'll just leave me alone with my wife for five minutes everything's going to be cool. Doctor, okay. Very pessimistic, you know. And being pessimistic, 
means unanswered prayer. Optimistic means answered prayer. And so he gets, he walks out and Ginger's laid out, man, she's out like a light and all jacked up on drugs and they did put all kind of crap in her system. And so I just laid in. I didn't know what to pray for. I just knew that the Holy Spirit wouldn't know what to pray. So I just started praying in tongues for five minutes. I said, all right, y'all take her to Shreveport. And so they take off the ambulance, but I have to stay there and fill out the paperwork at the other hospital. So she gets to the other hospital about 45 minutes before me. And I drive, drive up park, walk all the way across that stupid parking lot, get up to where Ginger's room is. She's sitting up in the, in the bed eating Jello. And uh, the doctor comes in and he said, uh, he said, he said, we looked at the x-rays and uh, he said, we need to take, we need to do our own. So we did. And something's wrong with their x-ray machine. Because your wife does have two kidneys. And I told him that. He said, but she has a severe kidney stone that can't be passed. We're, the morning we're going to do a procedure called, was it lithotripsy or something like that? I said, before you do it, are you going to take another x-ray? He said, yes, we have to know the exact location before, you know. So I said, you're going to be surprised when you take that x-ray tomorrow. And he just, <laughs> you know, they're just, they just tolerated me, you know. Well, I found out a lot of people just tolerate me. And so, so, <laughs> so anyway, we were in a mess. But we knew who to turn to to find God's miracle. That morning they took an x-ray and he said, I, I don't know what happened to that. There's not a kidney stone anywhere. And she's never had one since. We were in a mess, but we knew where to turn. We were looking at tens of thousands of dollars of, of bills and surgery and invasive uh, uh, Lithotripsy or whatever, I don't know. Anyway, but it was okay. She left that hospital the same day she got there. Didn't spend a night. Didn't spend one single night. <clears throat> and I'll tell you a story that you probably already know because it happened here not long ago. When our prayer line, you know, when we pray for the people in the car line, in the uh, Joe LeBlanc. Speaking of that, let's just stop for a minute. I want to pray for Debbie Lewis. There's enough spiritual authority in this room that that thing can stop that fast. She's in bad, she got hurt really, really bad. And pray for John too because he isn't leaving her side. Let's just lift up her name. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Father, we just lift up Debbie and John. Father, give, give them both a peace of mind, Father, that everything's going to be okay. Father, we thank you for Debbie. We thank you for her life, the value that she has, Father. We just thank you so much for her. Father, and we just right now boldly speak in the name of Jesus that she's healed, not just healed. We're not going to settle for healed. We're going to settle for divine health. Not just enough to get home, health. Yes. 
in Jesus' name. And give John a peace of mind, Father. Let it give, him, give him sweet sleep, Father, because it's, it, it, it's tough on him. Father, we thank you for both of them. Their value. We thank you for Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. I should have done that at the very beginning. Anyway, there was a, a prayer line. Joe LeBlanc, you know, we got a, a, at the front of the church, people can pull over and we'll pray with them, right? And mostly it's young people. And uh, thank you. Yeah, I feel like a weenie. Oh, okay. Now I feel like a nasty weenie. <laughs> Thank you. But anyway, I do that when, I, when I'm under the anointing and I pray. Man, I leak everywhere. <laughs> Eyes, <laughs> nose. You know, I mean, if, if it's liquid in my ears, it would start coming out, I guess. I don't know. But anyhow, <clears throat> this lady came through and she said, I want you all to pray for me. She said, my daughter was murdered in 2014, and they've never caught the man. She said, she said, I just want some closure. And so they prayed with her. And the next month, the lady comes back through the line. And uh, she said, you know, I had y'all pray for him, for him to find the guy. The DNA evidence came up, and they found the guy, and he's in jail. He's going to prison for murder. That lady had a mess. Since 2014, her mind never, every single day she thought of her daughter. She never could get closure. But God brought that closure to her through prayer. Amen? I want to talk to you about some blind men. Oh, goodness. Uh, John 9, verse 1. I'll, I'll, look at that. Here it is. Uh, now, <clears throat> Now, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. In verse 6, he spat, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man. In the seventh verse, he told him, he said, now go wash yourself. There goes your entitlement, the Christian entitlement people think they have. They think that God can love them, uh, God loves them more when they do so. God made this mess and told him to go clean it up. If you look in some, some translations, it said he sent him. There's power in being sent. The man was not healed by the mud and the spit he was healed when he went to do exactly what Jesus told him to do. Participation, that's good stuff, come on. Doubt like it's so. So, entitlement mentality, got to get rid of it. You want me to tell you how to get rid of an entitlement mentality? I'm going to tell you two things, and you'll remember this the rest of your life. There is absolutely nothing you can do to make Jesus love you anymore. 
There is nothing so bad that you can do to make Jesus love you any less. It's straight across the board. Miracles are for everybody. Everybody. Not just special people. Oh my goodness, that man, he got healed. and Oh my, oh, bless his heart. He had nothing to do with it. He didn't make Jesus love him any more. Didn't make Jesus love him any less. He just put more faith in it. There's a big difference. We're going to make a thing up, up here. It almost say, loud noises. <laughs> when I pop at you, and then y'all are going to say, oh, well, he, he got us. Yeah, praise the Lord. Participate, mm -hmm. and you will get more than you've ever gotten. Yeah. Come on now. Woo. I normally don't use a lot of notes, but there's, there's so much good stuff in here. Oh, my goodness. All right, Mark 8, 22. There's another blind man, right? 8, 22. They brought a blind man to Jesus and begged him to touch the man. Verse 23. So he took the man by the hand and led him out of the town. And we had spit. He spit on. What was the deal with the spit? You know, Jesus got Jesus gotten this fad of spitting on people. I don't know. I never understood it until until two months ago when God gave me this message. There's something special about it. Something special about it. So Jesus took it. He could have just went, and he'd have been healed. He could. He could have got cocky. Went. Could have done anything. He could have just touched him. He could have just said the word. He could have just somebody spit on him. Oh, you need to be healed? <laughs> Come over here, let me get the other eye. <laughs> you know, hopefully it wasn't allergy season, so it <laughs> <laughs> See, you participate in something funny. But he spit on the man, okay? <laughs> Oh, and when he spit on his eyes and put his hands on him, he asked if he saw anything. Jesus asked the man a question. He said, Jesus knew that it was there because it came from him. But he asked him, he said, what do you see? And I'm not going to directly, but he said, I see men walking and they look like trees. This man once had his sight because he wouldn't know what a man looked like. He wouldn't know what walking looked like. He wouldn't know what trees looked like. So he, had been, he, he wasn't blind from birth. He once had his sight, and he lost it. And he wanted it restored. But this is what I love. This is what I love right here. Mm. Open your eyes to what you've never seen. Don't settle. I'm getting ahead of myself here. I'm going to go back.
open your eyes to what you've never seen before. As Christians, we want what we lost to be restored. Amen? And we know God's a God of restoration, right? Amen? Amen? But he's not just a God of restoration. This man didn't settle. Jesus went back and he laid his hands on him again and he could see perfectly. He didn't spit on him again. This man didn't for what he once had. He wanted it better. And that's the way we need to feel about Jesus. Whatever you've lost, he'll restore it and make it better. Amen. See how much fun that is? Morgan's having a blast. Huh? Amen. You weren't going to tell me, were you? <laughs> oh, I thought I was I'm really preaching good there. Now, as we in closing, <laughs> God is in the restoration business, but it always comes back better. If you don't believe me, read the book of Job. All he lost was brought back double. God's no respecter of persons. If he'll do it for Job, he'll do it for you. And he'll do it even better because the Holy Spirit is in his place. The Holy Spirit's inside of you. Everything that you've lost, he'll give it back. Better, more. We've, <laughs> we serve a God of the new and improved. We serve the God of a new thing, don't we? We don't serve the God of an old thing. We're not going to settle. We're not going to settle for what man thinks is a miracle. We're going to settle for what God calls a miracle. Amen. I'll never forget this. Uh, two years ago, I was in Africa, and, and Ginger and Izzy were going to come. And uh, there was a problem with Izzy's passport. And uh, Oh, and the Speaker of the House of Representatives now. Back then, he was just Mike Johnson. You know, state, state representative. But anyway, um, a congressman. Anyway, he got involved in it trying to get Izzy's passport. And th they finally called and they said, there's no way that her passport's going to come in in time. And I said, that's just not right. It's just not right. I was in Africa, you know. I mean, I, did, I couldn't do anything. And uh, so two days before they left, we had to go to the travel agent so we wouldn't lose all of the money on the, because we'd already paid for the flights and everything. And uh, so Ginger went and, and, uh, and canceled it. We, we made a decision together. It wasn't Ginger's fault. It was by our, our fault. what it was. And the day, the next day after we canceled it, guess what comes in the mail? Her passport. We settled. I was so mad. Jerry, me and Jerry were sitting, Jerry Lackey were sitting at the bar. I said, that makes me so stinking mad. He said, what? I said, we settled. We didn't hold out for the miracle. We settled. And I'll never settle again. 
ever. We had just stuck with it. But money got in the way. Well, you know, we're going to save, we're going to lose a lot of money if we do this. Who cares? What the devil was going to receive, or what the devil stole, we're going to get back more anyway, unless we just settle. Then you're not getting something. You're not getting it back. And we didn't, did we? Couldn't make it up. But she got to go the next year and she loved it. And it's so funny. She's such a strange child sometimes. I, there you are. What's your favorite animal in Africa, Izzy? Donkeys. There's wild donkeys everywhere. There's a restaurant called the Dusty Donkey. I mean, there's so many of them. I take her on a safari uh, overnight. Lions, elephants, giraffes, all these cool things, you know. And she, every time she saw a donkey, she'd just bust out laughing. And so I'm thinking, well, I ain't bringing you back. You know? <laughs> but she did work so hard in the orphanage. I was proud of her. But I just never got the donkey thing. Who would rather see? Would you rather see a donkey or a lion? Lion. lion. Everybody, everybody would rather see a lion. Raise your hand. All right, everybody put your hand down. Put your hand down. There's donkeys in Castor. That's where you're from, boy. <laughs> hey, I'm going to tell you something. Who, who, who set up the lineup for the music today? You heard from God and didn't know it. That praise, that song praise, that's exactly in line with what I'm preaching today. Every, about praise. You praise when you're at church, when you're in church, you participate with your praise and you get more out of it. That was, that was you were led by God on that girl. And the, this too, yeah. God wants to give you something you've never had. God's not invested in your past. He's invested in your future. That's when restoration comes. He does more because it's a new thing. He's, he'll fix your past, but it'll make your present better. God doesn't care what happened. He cares what's happening. Put that back up there. There you go. God doesn't care what you did. God doesn't care what happened. He cares what's happening now. That, that, we, gotta know, we got to believe that. Oh, Morgan's going overboard with the clapping, man, I'm telling you. I love her. I do. The little entrepreneur of the Christian church at Minden. She's probably already got her college paid for. That girl could, could sell ice cubes to an Eskimo. <laughs> and that's a good thing. I want you to do... I believe in what I'm preaching so much about, about the blind men and what God did for them that I want you to, 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 to look at somebody and tell them this. 
by the time you get home today, by the time you get home, whatever darkness you had will turn to light. Whatever darkness you had in your life is going to turn to light because God loves you. God wants the best for you. He, he never put sickness on any one of you. He's only delivered you and made you healthy. I don't want to be healed. I want divine health. I want more. I don't want to be restored to what I was. I want to be better. And that's what God wants for us. More, more, more. He is a God of a restoration. There's an anointing sitting on, on Travis Lang right now like I've never seen. Whew. We're going to use him here in a minute. <laughs> He's a God of a new thing. From being unconscious in the hospital to having two healthy kidneys. We had a mess, but God had a miracle for that mess. I don't care what mess you have. God's got a miracle for you. And miracles seem bigger for some people and smaller for others, but, they don't, but, but they're still miracles. Salvation's a miracle. How in the world could, did, does that work? How can one man, even though he's the son of God, can take all the sins of Paul Gray and everybody else on this planet that ever existed or will exist, how does that work? That's why we have to have faith. We have to have faith that He is. And He is the God that's more than enough. He doesn't want paupers. He wants conquerors. And He makes you a conqueror. You don't. Woo! Ginger said, your hair looks wild. I said, I am wild! <laughs> oh man I got so many places I could go right now <laughs> since the day he saved me every, every single day something becomes new you can talk about hills and valleys, but that doesn't, that doesn't affect your relationship with Him. He's always going to do something new for you every day. Amen. All you got to do, you, you have not because you ask not. Put God in the middle of your business. Put God in the middle of your studies. Put God in the middle of your relationships. Put God... Right in the middle of everything you do, and I promise you every day there's going to be newer and better because He is a God of His Word. I feel like I'm overseas, except I don't have an interpreter. Probably need one. But Somebody asked me, he said, do you speak such one? I said, I don't speak English very well. I just say thank you and, 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 and use the debit card. Swipey. That's this one for using my card. Swipey. Swipey. You know what thank you is? Thank you. That's the extent of my such one. <laughs> if you have a broken relationship with your children, he will make it 
more, and better. If you have a broken relationship with him, he wants nothing more than to pull you back in closer and give you more than you've ever had. Never settle. Never settle. I was, uh, it's probably 2006, a long time ago. 2006, 2007, I was in Ghana with uh, uh, Dr. T.L. Osborne. He was doing crusades, but they were having services at churches every day all around Accra, which is the capital of Ghana. And the first, the first church they put me in, it was made out of, it was in a, in a, in a junkyard, and it was those cars you crush, you know. Those were the walls. And it was about as big as from here it was about three car lengths, what it was. It was a little tiny thing. In a junkyard in Africa at noon, about 140,000 degrees. And there was a boy there, and he was a deaf, he, he was a mute. He wasn't deaf, but, but, he, but he couldn't speak. But they, I mean, I started preaching, you know, to, you know, all five of them. And, uh, this boy started, uh, 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 just like while I'm preaching, I'm like, ooh, I got to cast the devil out of him or something. I don't know what's going on, you know? And then all of a sudden he started forming words and that place went crazy. He never spoke before. Never spoke. But he tried. He never gave up. He kept making noises until God made it audible. So then... They put me in a bigger church the next day. <laughs> and miracles happened there. And then the next day, there's a bigger church. And then on about the fourth or fifth one, I was in a monster church. I mean, it was, it was the biggest, I think it was the biggest church in Ghana. And it was packed. There was thousands of people there. And I'm preaching, and I'm not doing a very good job at it. You know, I mean, I was kind of in shock. I'd never really been at, you know, thousands and thousands of people in front of me. I was a little bit nervous, and so I kind of, you know, it wasn't great. Thank God for Jesus. Because Paul sucked that day. Even I even was, was repentant while I was preaching it. I was doing such a bad job. I mean, it was awful. And so, I, so God just told me to stop. I said, okay, thank gosh. You know, thank goodness. This is bad enough. I need to stop. He said, he, he told me something. I said, All right, where's a man with a bad tooth? Now, there's thousands of Africans there. There may be a full set of teeth between 20 or 30 of them, you know? Everybody. Nobody said anything. I said, now, I'm telling you, God told me to say, Where's the man with the bad tooth? This guy raised his hand. I said, come here. He walked up there and he was right. He had one tooth. And it was abscessed. Man couldn't eat. He was starving. He, he had a mess. I said, man, don't you worry. When I get finished preaching, God's going to restore your tooth. That was my bad. 
My bad. So I got back in preaching and started preaching good. And I was preaching good, and all of a sudden, I, somebody started screaming. It was that guy. And he got out of, and he ran to the front of the church. And he opened his up, opened his mouth and he grinned and he had 32 gold teeth in his head. He wasn't restored. He was restored and more. I've never seen that. I was talking to Jesse DePlanis. He said, I had that happen to me too. He said, that's not very many times. He said, but you're the only other person I've ever talked to that it happened to. I said, it didn't happen to me. It happened to him. I, was, I had no part in this. This was God restoring and making better and making new. I'm not even halfway through this thing. It's time to stop. Good Lord. Oof. Let's go back to the blind man. I got to get through this. The guy that was blind from birth, Jesus walked up to him and said, Hey. And he made the clay and he put it on his eyes. And he said, Go clean that mess off. You go, 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 clean, go, go clean yourself. And so that's what he did. The other guy, Jesus just spit on him, toy, toy, and laid hands on him. Why did he, the man that was blind from birth, why did he use the dirt on him and not on the other blind man that had his sight at one time? Because what, what, did God create Adam from the dust of the earth? A guy that never had it before, Jesus went and he got the original plan, the original design, and put it on him. Yes. And, he was, and, he, and he could see till the day he, he died. Now let's just think about it. What do you think spit... And dirt. What do you think's in there? Just, just somebody say something. What, what are they? Germs? Yeah, I heard germs. Enzymes. Virus. Bacteria. But you're missing the most important thing. The DNA of Jesus Christ Himself. He didn't have a choice but to see. And I'm here to tell you today in closing right now, in closing right now, there's you are sons and daughters of the Most High God. Royal blood flows through your veins. You have Jesus' DNA in you. Nothing's impossible for you. There's nothing that God wouldn't do for you and make it better. Whatever the devil took from you, God's going to give it back a hundredfold. That's the God we serve. Stand to your feet. Amen. There's so much spiritual authority in this room right now. Anything that you've lost, any sickness, anything that you need, Travis Lang, you come up here, there's an anointing on you, buddy. Uh, whoo, come forward now or just stay with what you've always had. If you need something, 
Come up here and God will give you more than you've ever had. More than you've ever had. Ooh.